So how did you get into programming? Um, so I was in school and I was, uh, I have a degree in French and I have a very strong interest in linguistics and I was looking at human languages and their evolution and I wondered what would happen if you had a language that was created and that was used for a specific purpose, an intentionally created language made by man for a purpose, does it evolve? Does it flow in the same way? Do you have accents? Do you have, you know, what kind of variation is there? And so I went to the computer science department and three hours later I came out a computer science major. Um, <laughs> and I fell in love with it because, you know, it was, it scratched the same itch that language did, but in a much deeper way. And there was no end to it, you know, like I'm constantly learning stuff and, um, and I can do language in computers. So, <laughs> so, I mean, it was, it was like a dream come true. Um, and so it was definitely not what I had thought that I would do. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't even know that it was an option until I was close to 30. Um, so I got started a lot later in life. I'm, I'm 34. So, so. Were, you, were you like doing graduate studies in French or? No, single momming in the ghetto. Oh, wow. I have two children and I was a single mom to a son that has, we have a neuromuscular disease called ubiquinone cytochrome C oxidoreductase deficiency. Um, and it causes, it can affect any part of your body. And um, so my son was born with a deformed airway uh, and he couldn't swallow. And so he was very medically heavy. So for four and a half years, we spent time in and out of Vanderbilt. Um, and he had feeding tubes, he had a central line, he was on oxygen until he was six and a half, but um, he's doing much better. He's completely as normal as someone in my family can be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I was unable to uh, hold down a job because they don't like it when you disappear for months at a time. Right. Um, and so I was predominantly just caretaker yeah. and um and so when he got better there I was a single mom I'd been out of college for like eight or so years yeah. and my degree was worthless and so I went back to school um and I went back to school originally to become an ultrasonographer and they closed the program uh while I was doing my prerequisites and so um I had to find what I wanted to be when I grew up and I was already 27 years old. So <laughs> it was really intimidating. And I never thought, you know, I thought I was horrible at math, but then, uh, one of the prerequisites was pre-algebra. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, this is fascinating. And then there was algebra and then there was calculus and then there was differential <laughs> equations and, and linear math. And yeah. it was really, really amazing. And, um, and then you and just so, realized that it was just a poor teacher in high school or something. That, right, like, it was. And she made me write on a chalkboard, and I have this irrational fear of chalk. So that was, the whole thing. <laughs> that was it. It all comes down to chalk. Um, but uh, so I had no earthly idea what I was getting into. Um, and so I switched my major uh, to computer science. I was able to complete three, three and a half-ish years of computer science. Um, but when you are a single mother and you do not have a job... Um, there was only so much money. And so yeah. 
Uh, eventually I had to make a choice. I could not afford to go to school anymore. I needed a job now. And it didn't matter if it was McDonald's or it didn't matter what it was. It needed to happen. And so um, I made the choice to move back to Nashville uh, because I have family here. And I was given the opportunity to uh, have a cheap-ish place to stay um, while I figured out what I was going to do. And so um, I moved here and I had no friends, no idea what I was going to do. And Christopher Cotton, I met him at a Unitarian church and he said, hey, have you thought about applying to the software school? Why haven't you done that yet? And I was like, what software school? And they don't I, don't, I don't think they want me because I'm broke and I have two children and I'm old and I'm not really sure that that's what they're looking for. And he's like, well, you should do it anyway. And so I applied to the software school at the last minute. Like it was, yeah. it was coming down to the wire and, um, and I got a call back and I got a time slot to meet with John Wark and um, Scott Clausing and I was terrified because I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm the kind of person that they, they're going to go for. And uh, so I went in and had my interview and was accepted and um, and was able to scrape together, thanks to family, uh, the money to uh, pay the, the – I was a, an apprentice, so, you know, you, you have to pay a certain amount down and then, um, then you're – able to pay back the rest when you yeah. get a job yeah. um which is you know i can't I'm, i cannot say how amazing it is to have a program like that because there's no way there is absolutely no way that i could have done the program that i did and learned what i learned without that opportunity so that is is huge um and and i recognize the privilege that i have that i had people that could contribute amounts of money to pay the initial amount um and so uh so i started the school and i loved it i had javascript crammed down my throat for like 18 hours a day and it was amazing um (laughs) uh, and so uh i eventually graduated from the software school Mm -hmm. and was hired by my current company rounding well um and it's it's a whole different world um i mean it's amazing to to go from i mean i was feeding my children out of food pantries and you know we were we were not making it um and so you know you 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 learn to appreciate the privilege that you have when you have had nothing um and so i I'm incredibly thankful for the opportunity that this community has given me because without all of those key players, there would have not been an opportunity for me to do what I've done. Um, so that is, wow. that's where I came from. It's incredible. It's a great story. I don't even know how to, <laughs> God, it's, it's wonderful. Like, it's an incredible feeling to look back and realize that I, fought from nothing and thanks to amazing people surrounding me I was able to I don't know it's like walking with a group if you have to make a horrible journey and you make that horrible journey alone it's so isolating and so much more difficult but if you find these people 
who are willing to contribute small portions of their selves to walk this journey with you, suddenly what seems incredibly impossible is imminently doable. I'm trying not to tear up. <laughs> yeah, and I, 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 yeah, it's... Uh, but it's happy. <laughs> I know, but that, yeah, that's that's the thing. But I feel so lucky. You it's, know, I feel so lucky that I found this incredible community because I didn't know when I was coming here. You know, I came here for the kids and for the free child care that my yeah. mother never actually gave me. <laughs> <laughs> Come to think of that. <laughs> All right. Take a break. Hey, I'm sorry we like didn't have like any follow up for that at all. Oh, that's it's fine. Kind of <laughs> it's like boom. <laughs> so, <laughs> how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, like, like, so let's talk about JavaScript. I think what we did with Corey, no offense to Sunny, like this is what I want it to be about. Like the story. Like, how you, like no, I mean, sorry. Like, so still, no, no offense taken. Still now. talk tech, yeah. but like, yeah, like have sucked. that. But like also, yes, I'm cutting that. It's right. pretty dry. Sorry, man. <laughs> listen, listen. But like this, this see where people come from, their reasons behind stuff, their story. Like it's, it's, yeah. it is, it's human. It's not, you know, like, I don't know. This is the Nash Dev Podcast. Hey, welcome back to Nash Dev. We're a podcast about software engineering and the Nashville developer community. That's hard to say. <laughs> Does that sound right? We can change it. it doesn't, we're only in episode two. <laughs> I'm William Golden. I'm Jason Orndorff. I'm Corey Elliott. And I'm Sonny Scroggin. Our show is produced by Clark Buckner. Oh, and that's where I would come in? Yeah. Hey, this is Clark. Does that sound okay? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I think I like it. Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, oh, so perfect. by the way, if you're interested in having your lovely voice heard on the Nash DevCast, go to nashdevcast.com slash call in and leave us a message. Try not to cuss. But if you do, we'll bleep it out. It's cool. Uh, and we'll play your message on the air. You don't have to be so car- so sarcastic about our listeners having lovely voices. Uh, did I sound Actually, sarcastic? You I, have I a really lovely voice. I do? Yeah, you have a really beautiful voice. Oh, thank you. Swoon. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I guess we don't have any questions this time. Actually, Ryan just left one just left one on the site just now. Ryan Macy. Is that something we can listen to? Maybe we can just do it oh, ad hoc? I don't know. I just, Free, uh, free spin, free freestyle. Is that the word? That's that's the word the kids use these days. Freestyle. With their hip, none with of us are the kids these days. Yeah, we're all old. Hi, this is Ryan Macy. I'm a founder of a startup here in town called Satchel Health, and uh, was a former developer. And one thing that I'd like to maybe cover or talk about is how we get more developers in town, either involved uh, as employees or uh, in startups or, or as founders of their own startups. So something to uh, think and talk about right there. So, Corey, have you ever been in a startup? I have definitely been in a startup. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um, I, I feel like 
uh, one of the benefits to working in a startup is that there's a lot of flexibility. You know, nobody's saying you've got to be there at 8 a.m. and leave at 5 p.m. I get there at 7 and I leave by 3, so I feel like I have my whole afternoon. Um, oh, wow. That's the opposite of what you what, you would think you that. usually hear. I've got small children in school, so that works yeah. for me because I can that's save great. about $200 a month or more on childcare that I yeah. don't have to have in the afternoon. Um, and so for me, that flexibility is a huge draw. Yeah. Um, and I also really enjoy working with a smaller team and I feel like I can, uh, potentially affect more change on a smaller scale than I could if I were part of a larger company. Um, I think that's true. I've worked in, I've worked in a lot of startups. Um, cause the, you know, the flip side of that is then that they, they do tend to fail. And so, so then you're like, wow, I exerted a lot of influence in this total flop. <laughs> At one least. of my one of That's my favorite I teams I've ever worked on was uh, at Stratasan in here in town, and like we were like I don't know it's like four of us and like this the dynamic of that team was just so awesome it, like and I learned a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool to like join a team like that where like you're you know one of like six or something and you're pumping out features and like you know super excited about the work you're doing. Um, I, to answer to answer your question, Ryan, I'm not actually sure how to actually attract developers to a startup because there is some inherent risk there. Where, you know, if you could join a, a an established company that has you know be- good benefits and you know more of a longer term track record of stability, you know, like as a father, that's that that specific thing mm-hmm. is in, is attractive to me personally. Like knowing that, hey, you know what, this company is going to be around. Hopefully, you know, as, as all things all things go well, this company is going to uh, going to still be here. Um, but there is, there is that little bit of that excitement of like, man, I could, I could really just build something really cool mm-hmm. and you know, do something different than what's, what everybody else is doing if I'm at a startup. So it's kind of like, like you have to like manage a sensibility versus like what, like the new frontier, you know? Well, I also feel like, uh, there are a few things that having looked at several startups when I was making my choice of where to work, um, you know, you want to have a, f- a fair and competitive wage. Yes. Um, that's very important. Uh, and I understand that a lot of startups cannot afford to pay an exorbitant amount, um, but you're not going to get the talent that you want unless you're willing to offer a fair salary. Um, Another one that was huge for me was insurance. If I was not able to get insurance, then that was off the table. That's a deal breaker. Um, so even if it's not the greatest insurance in the world, get some kind of insurance that you can offer employees. Um, I would say that there are also hollow benefits that it seems like are really, really prominent in you know, a lot of... Um, job listings and that's things like you know we have beer on tap and we have a ping pong table and at the end of the day i don't really care because the amount of time that i will be playing on a ping pong table is pretty minimal but at the end of the day if i'm paid well and i have insurance i'm a whole lot happier than if i have beanbag chairs and granola bars uh pay me well (laughs) enough and i'll buy my own ping pong table exactly Exactly. um so i would also say (laughs) that for me i can play at 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 home with people i like (laughs) (laughs) i can drink my own beer (laughs) 
No, I'm allergic to beer. So that one's really hollow. You guys always mock my whispering. This is this we is love terrible. it. <laughs> we should just rename the podcast to Whispering with Jason. <laughs> I would also say to be genuine because I feel like a lot of the time startups feel shady when people are like, "We're gonna be big. This is gonna be amazing. We're gonna be the next Facebook or Google." And yeah, you know, like the chances of that are slim to none. So be realistic and be <laughs> honest. You know, like here's what we're doing. Here's what we hope to do. Yeah. Startups and can't be honest. Like, they, well, like, the, the thing about the salary, with, especially with a startup, like, you're taking on a lot of risk by going to this company that right. has a small run rate. Like, I would almost expect to be to be compensated even greater than, mm-hmm. like, if I'm at, like, a, an established company, right? Because you're, like, you're putting yourself on the line there, right? Yeah. With job security. Be, yeah. be it equity or, or, or cash, right? Like, you know, you're... It's got to be worth your while to like take on that risk. Right? We sound we sound like a bunch of people who have kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's I mean that's a big part of it too, right? Yeah. I mean when you're when you've got kids, you have you have to have stability for them, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a huge point. And yeah, maybe we're bad people to ask because you know we I think all of us in here, aside from Clark, uh, no kids, no kids. You, Sunny, I have three. Three yeah. kids. Yeah, I got two. One on the way. You've got three. I've got two. Two. Okay. Jason, you got four. Okay. He, he can't count them. Gosh, he loses four? count. Is it four? Yeah. Maybe it's five. <laughs> yeah, so I feels like 30. Well, and that's another, that brings up another one. Uh, the work-life balance. I feel like sometimes people think because you are a startup, that means that you can, you know, work people. Burn it to the ground. Burn it to the ground. Yeah, and for me, that was a huge turnoff if I felt like uh, mm-hmm. the, the culture at a company was, you know, right. Work, work, work. You see work. fast paced in the listing, and you're like, "Yep, <laughs> they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna grind you to to a nub." Right. right. Well, and things like ninja. Right. I'm not yeah. a ninja. Uh, good <laughs> Code wizard. Yeah, I'm glad you brought the work life balance stuff because we talked about that a little bit last time, but I don't think we gave it a really fair like shake of like what it means to like because like well, we're like the worst people to ask about that because like we said so programming yeah we did we did but programming to me is like a hobby like I would I would do this 24 seven whether I got paid for it or not but there's and fun coding and then right, there's work coding. right exactly um, that's very true so I guess to kind of like play um, like a, a counter argument to like what we said last time is like you know there's people with kids there's daycare there's like there's all these these things that um are out there uh that take your time that are more important than going to a meetup or going to a conference or whatever right like you have to balance your life um so that um i don't know like maybe you feel you you kind of feel obligated to go to the thing right like and really like your family is more important right I'm doing a terrible job with this. Well, yeah, you, get, well, you get stretched thin. And right, your, yeah. your children and your spouse or partner, they deserve a whole spouse, partner, parent. Right. And so if you get pulled thin on all fronts, you're exhausted from parenting, you're exhausted from working, you're exhausted from your community work, you're exhausted from hackathons, you're going to fail at all of them. Right. Very true. Mm-hmm. I do that every day, actually. Fail, fail hard, right, miserably. But <laughs> <laughs> that's part of learning. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so I, I guess I guess I, I just wanted to put it out there that it's okay to not make this the hundred percent of your life, right? Like some people love it and and can do it, but it's okay to be a person that 
Well, does that hunter like do this 100 percent? and you can you can go home at night and program with your kid right. or tinker on your arduino and make minecraft mods and you're still learning and you're still programming and exercising the same muscles but you're actually paying yourself back you're getting yeah. something out of it yeah that's actually it's, uh one thing that I've been doing recently is my my wife's actually interested in learning programming and so she started kind of doing more front end stuff with like learning HTML and CSS and moved into JavaScript. And then, and then I started talking to her about Elixir and, uh, and Phoenix and, and things like that. Cause that's what I've primarily been doing for the last two and a half years kind of on the side and, and some at work as well. But, um, and so she started reading this book called, uh, Elixir in action. And she's like, man, I, I think I like this better than like the whole front end idea, you know? Yeah. So I was like, yes, this is so cool. <laughs> yes. So, so, you know, we've been kind of working on, like I've been helping her learn Elixir and uh, we've been working on kind of, you know, building Phoenix app together and, and so I can, you know, help her, help her along and eventually, you know, maybe she'll get a job doing it and it'd be fun. Wow. That's, that's, that's cool. That's, that's one answer to the work-life balance question is to, to bring, I don't know. Bring, bring them together. Bring together. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then of course, you know, my kids are, are interested, interested in it as well. Um, like my daughter, my daughter actually yesterday came, came in and, and uh, one of her friends next door, she was saying, you know, oh, um, you know, her dad's gonna like build a, a video game with her. And she was like, that's really cool. Would you do that with me someday? And I was just like, Heck yeah, dude! That's, that's, <laughs> right. that's like that's awesome. So, yeah, that's it's really hard because I, I think I'm I'm a lot like you. It's like I would literally do this nonstop, and I and I pretty much probably do actually do this nonstop. I have to have healthy boundaries at home because like like yeah, if 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 I was left to my own devices, I wouldn't get up out of my chair. I would just be heads down, whatever. Like, yeah. Um, but I have to like take a step back. It's like, well, you know, I got to, I need to spend some time with my family. I need right. to go outside and, and see some fresh air and what play friends? in the sandbox. Right. Yeah, exactly. I am this, I'm the same way. I struggle with that a lot. But if you can find a way to pay yourself back and do what you love, the coding, then it's worth it to yourself to find something that you can rejuvenate. But yeah, back to the startup thing. I feel like there is a, a lot more um, of a a sense of we have to get this off the ground. There's urgency involved. There's not an established project, and so um, some companies can blur the lines. Yeah, I think the other thing too about startups that I think is really important is being willing to hire people for remote work, like you're not gonna get the best talent if you just try to go locally, right? I mean, luckily enough, we actually have quite a bit of a talent pool here in Nashville, which is pretty cool. Um, true, yeah, yeah. But, uh, really true. but I mean, you know, it's if like, like the same, same idea behind like online dating, right? Like <laughs> you could, you get the whole world to choose from in, instead of, you know, <laughs> right. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm married, so I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's like, you know, if, if you're required to move to San Francisco, you know, it's like, I'm not going to work for your company. I, I'm not going to uproot I, my kids. Every and... every job that I've had, actually, uh, as as a as an engineer, it's always been remote. So I actually don't know what it's like to actually have right. to go into an office every day. I've never done that. 
So wow. I'm probably missing out quite a bit, and that's probably why I just like internalize my hacking and. Just get your kids to you yell in the it. background and try to program through it. Oh, they do. Don't uh, you yeah. can come sit next we, to me this week and just <laughs> realize we homeschooled our kids too. Oh, so they're so like, it's basically like, an office. We're like on top of each other the the whole. It's basically time. like an office. <laughs> <laughs> Well, except I mean, for we fight about what brand of, of fruit snacks we get. So, yeah. like, Mott's is way better than oh, Mott's. Oh, Mott's is my jam. Mott's is the best. Mott's wins. <laughs> well, so the the other thing that comes to my mind is the, the one... Ryan himself was somehow, like, successfully recruited to a to a startup. He has to know, like, what, what, a, what it was that appealed to him about that. I want to ask him the same question, yeah, right? Because yeah, he's like, he's the, he's the case. Um, yeah, he yeah, actually worked on the team with. Well, he worked here at Emma mm-hmm. uh, before he left, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what attracted. I think him. it may be something he's always wanted to do. Yeah, right. In which case, like that doesn't help him recruit other people necessarily. Um, it's also cool to know everybody in the company, right? Like I, yeah. I can tell you what people have done this weekend, and I have some, you know, emotional connection to the people on my team, and I feel like sometimes that makes it a little bit easier to uh, relate in a work fashion to people. Yeah, it's a family, right? Right, right. It has all the things that a family has, though. Like <laughs> startups have baggage. At least that's that's been my experience. Startups have 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 Dutch ovens interpersonal issues like they they I, I i mean i guess every company does um but startups have characters right like the, the the people in charge are like atypical and like they don't have they haven't had like all the rough edges scrubbed off by the friction of rising through a hierarchy in like an IBM right well yeah uh, i think yeah blue box um, you know, our CEO. I, I we we were a startup, but it was like a ten year ten year old startup yeah. or whatever it was. Uh, by the time we got acquired, so you know Jesse actually did tons of work and you yeah. Know, I'm curious, learned a lot through. Do you, does the company become a, like no longer a startup? Right, that's exactly right, what right. I was thinking. When, you, like, when are you not line? a startup Emma's any longer? years old. Are, are we still considered a startup? Right. Like, yeah. No, you're the establishment man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess it depends on if you're actually well. No, I guess profitability doesn't really matter either, <laughs> because no. there's lots of there's lots of corporations that are like, you know, certain certain parts of their you know company are losing money, and they know that it's going to lose money for X number of years before they can actually like expect to make profit back or whatever. Right, it's like elementary and middle school when your when your startup can go to a middle school, then maybe it's not a startup anymore. <laughs> It's gone through startup adolescence. <laughs> Some changes happen. That's Usually true. rules that, and HR. Oh, that's so true. But yet, does, does Emma have an HR department? We do, we do. Yeah. Very great one. Uh, so, I'd say you're not a, not a startup. I think companies have to have an yeah, HR they, department, right? Is even that, if it's like just one person that, even if it's the CEO himself or something, or him or herself. Dad, he's touching me. <laughs> She's breathing my air. <laughs> I guess I guess I am the HR department for my family. Right. After realizing this. Um I wonder what I wonder what caused Brian to go to Stratosman. 
He's our lead developer. I think I think he was involved very very early in product development on he's that project. Founder. And yeah, he's he's co-founder. Um, I think that another possible answer to Ryan's question is uh, that being committed to a startup is key um, because you have to be willing to take that risk. You have to believe it's a smart risk, um, and it helps if you're in from the beginning. Right. I think a certain part of becoming a founder, um, there's a certain amount of privilege that you have to have to do it, right? Like, um, you have to have a little bit of a safety net to take that jump, right? Um, like, can you afford to not take a salary, or if that's if that's a thing that you need to do, can you afford not to take a salary for two months? Can you afford to take not take a salary if the thing fails in two months, right? Um, there's, you know economics that are behind that um for you to to take a risk like that um another thing is like you you really have to have something that you believe in because like forming a company in that very early stages like that like like that's something that's just like you have to pour your heart and soul into it for you to even just to even bootstrap it right um you have to make something that you would use right exactly yeah yeah. you can't just be like i'm gonna make um yeah, you know, I think Spotify for huge, turtles or something. That's a huge part of it too. So, so I like, think, I think, I think. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's like you know if if you're working on it and it's not something that you, it's a product that you're actually even gonna use, then you're not gonna know how to build it the best way possible. Um, you have to be really be inspired about the software that you're building. I think, and I think the best tools that you know engineers usually make are something that they're building for themselves. Right. You right. know, and so that they're like this is how I want to use it. And so, um, yeah. So in order to attract somebody, you're gonna have to find somebody that like is legitimately interested in what you're doing, right? You can't just, there's no amount of money that you can give somebody. Well, I guess there is an amount that I would take, (laughs) I would take, (laughs) but there's no amount of money that you can really give somebody to just believe in something. Right. Yes. Right. Well, and I mean, there's also, uh, you know, I feel like at the end of the day, when I have contributed my code, that it is going to help people mm-hmm. um, and not just going to help a company sell a product or, you know, it, it's it's actually genuinely changing somebody's life. And that's a huge thing for me. I want to I wanna feel like I'm making a change. I guess you could ask the same question about people that organize things, like in the, like community events and conferences and meetups and stuff. Like the same, why do like, you do that? Like, like why? What are you getting out of it? Um, but I, we could have a whole episode about that, so we probably should skip over it right now. <laughs> um, yeah, but I have a tremendous amount of respect for for like Ryan or p- people like Ryan that and Brian. And I need another and ending sport name to, to keep rhyming. Um, <laughs> Or Brian Hunter, even uh, folks that start companies, right? Like that's like I I I really admire it. Like it's like it's something I, I I could see myself doing eventually, but like I just don't feel like I'm a very safe. Like I gotta make sure that all the yes. T's are crossed, and like I just I have to make sure that you know like it. And I think a lot of people are. I just I have to feel like it's the right thing to do, or there has to be some kind of cataclysmic event that like forces me to do it right like that's like, like it's either like oh yeah that makes sense I've, i can do this now or holy shit what am i gonna holy crap what am i gonna do 
uh, okay, I guess I'm starting a company now because <laughs> no one else is going to hire me because I'm terrible. That is, that is the, those, are the, those are the two stories you hear, right? Like, the, the, oh, I lost my job and I didn't do anything for three months. And then I was like, well, I better start this company I've been thinking about. Uh, yeah. So we basically didn't answer your question, Ryan, so sorry. <laughs> I tried. We tried. We tried our best. <laughs> well, you know, if there was a simple answer, that there wouldn't, there wouldn't have been that question. Questions about other people's motivation—they're just they're complicated. Also, you know, having a good team—that's a huge draw. If somebody is willing to teach me, if I can learn in that situation, that is worth more to me than what somebody could pay me. So, Absolutely. if you've got somebody like. Orendorf working for you that I know he teaches really well I can understand when he talks to me and I can work with him and learn something then that's something that I'm willing to take you know less of those benefits for in the long run I feel like it pays back you can't see in the dark but I'm blushing yeah well, he, he was <laughs> cringing hard he's very beautiful and that's really one of the things that attracted me to work work with Brian over at Tristan it's like um I was just learning Python when I when I joined that company, um, and Brian and, and Matt George and uh, I think Jason Myers was there. Yeah. Uh, before I got there, um, like those. They'll people, just follow like, each other around. Companies. Kind of, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, like yeah. Brian, Brian specifically is like you know, and, and Matt, they're just amazing developers. And like I'm in the Python channel on IRC. I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about making a move. Where should I go? And like Brian's like, hey, meet me for lunch. And I talk to him and I'm like this guy is so smart I don't even I'm not even like a tenth of smart as this guy like okay please will you please hire me like <laughs> that team is that team is great it's a great team it's a great team now yeah, um, that, that and wonderful. anybody would be smart to work there but I think Ryan's question is really about like how do you attract how do you attract well, number yeah, so one employee number to circle back around what I was going to say is like I think employee number one is extremely difficult yeah but if you do that right to Corey's point we can you can attract other people easier, right? Like, oh, Jason's the honey. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jason's working there. I will work anywhere Jason's working. Like, like seriously, I will. Like this, if you, <laughs> uh, please come work with me. Uh, like, oh, there's an airplane. Can you guys hear that? It's like a sound machine. We've had trains, rain, airplanes. We need a heartbeat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Telltale heart. Okay. <laughs> a Casco Maniato in a basement. <clears throat> So back to what we're saying, um, if if you get a solid, a technical co-founder, right? Um, someone that you trust that um, you feel like would make really great decisions on a, on a technical yep. perspective. Like I feel like that would really attract people to join your startup. It absolutely will. It's so much easier to be the second technical employee when the person hiring you or recruiting you is a technical person that believes in the product and believes in the team. Yeah. So I think, I think the right answer here is you need to you need to pick your victim early and carefully, and you need to you know you need you need to recruit them for years. <laughs> you need to, you need to, so anybody targeting Will Golden, you need uh, it's about the right the right food, hot <laughs> sure. chicken, Hattie Bees. Oh yeah, no, I'm, and, I'm Hattie Bees or Husk, either one. Okay. And you got to have a lot of ideas and bounce them off him because he'll tell you the ones that'll go. And, you know, promise me stability. It's just promise it. It doesn't matter if it's true. <laughs> just, just lie to me. No, it's cool. We've we got to run right for three years. We're fine. Uh, three months later. 
shaking a can on Broadway. <laughs> what else do we need? What other, like, what other bits do we need? We should like, do picks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so start signing. We've got to start signing. Uh, so today, uh, Phoenix 1.2 release candidate came out. So uh, What's in it? It's uh, basically the newest feature is uh, Phoenix Presence. And that is so that you can much easier build um, uh, presence tracking across nodes. So you can have um, your servers set up uh, in a multi-node cluster and you can have the, the nodes actually communicating, you know, which users are on what nodes yeah. and whatnot. So cool. uh, it's pretty fascinating. All right, so I'm next. Okay, yeah. So uh, my, my pick is uh, my daughter found out that you can make uh, lemonade where, like normal lemonade is like juice and sugar or water or s- simple syrup. And she found out you can make it with those things. And also you take the lemon rinds and you just soak them in water for like a day or like two days. Um, and it's amazing. Like it's just, it tastes, it has this kind of floral note to it and it's a little bit bitter, like uh, like grapefruit juice or something, but it's all lemon. That's really great. Sounds awesome. My pick is I built a chicken coop. Do you have chickens? I have six chickens. One's an accidental rooster named Dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Should name one Hattie B. Uh, that is a great idea. I have a Beyonce and a Nugget and Dinner. So now I'll have a Hattie B too. So you need to get turkeys next and call them one Thanksgiving and one Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm uh, I'm the proud owner of 1,000 ladybugs. What? Yeah. So uh, my wife and I we ordered ladybugs off of Amazon, which is a thing. But you no, can. But why? So they they eat um, problem pests in your garden. Aphids. Yeah, yeah. So they they just like devour them. So do just, you have enough pests to feed 1,000 ladybugs? <laughs> Did you think about the consequences? I didn't. Maybe I'm committing ladybug genocide. I don't know. Do they come in like a jar or? Yeah, they came in like a like a little burlap sack with like a little mesh thing. I don't know. Um, but yeah, we release them in our. But my peppers are like completely dead. <laughs> like my garden's completely <laughs> failed. It's, it's awful. But maybe the, maybe the, the ladybugs will uh, revive them. We'll, we'll see. We, so we planted a so backing up a little. We planted a, a, a butterfly garden uh, earlier this summer, and um, planted some forget me nots and some, some uh, what's the thing that attracts butterflies? Monarch butterfly. I don't know. Whatever. It's I, I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a very good gardener, as you can tell by my thousand later bug purchase. Hey, thanks for listening. If you have any feedback for the show, you can email us at show at nashdevcast.com. You can also call in questions or comments by going to nashdevcast.com slash call in. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and SoundCloud at nashdevcast. This is a relationary production. It's produced and edited by Clark Buckner. We'll see you next time. Hey, this is Rodney, and here's the upcoming events for this week. Starting Monday, May 2nd, there's a geohackathon in Huntsville, Alabama. This is a hackathon specifically for geospatial data. Huntsville is about a two-hour drive according to a certain popular geospatial app called Google Maps. This is a two-day event. Details at geohackhsv.com. On Tuesday, May 3rd, you can hear about microprocessor pulse circuits at Nash Micro. That's at the Emma Bistro at 6 p.m. Also on Tuesday at 6, Code for Nashville has a civic hack night at the Eventbrite offices. On Wednesday, May 4th, the Pie Nash lunch is at Taqueria del Sol at 11 a.m. 
Also Wednesday, the Franklin Lunch and Learn is at Cadis at noon. The topic this month is automated testing, and if you drive fast, you might be able to hit both. On Friday, May 6th, Teachers Tech on Tap is about reviving dead computers using Linux. Starts at 5 p.m. at Technology Advice. Then next Monday, May 9th, Janelle Cochran is speaking at Nashville Women Programmers. We don't know the topic yet. That's at Eventbrite at 5.30 p.m. More at NashvilleWomenProgrammers.com. And next Thursday, May 12th, is Raven Pinball Invitational. It says Invitational in the name, but it looks like anyone can sign up. It's happening at Raven at 5 p.m. If you're like me, that's pretty much a blur, but we'll put all the details in the show notes. Wait, is it over now? It's over, I guess.